0: You can't tell me that God does not have a sense of humor. I was talking with uh, Michael Monday or Tuesday and I told him I was hunting for some kind of video that might convey the issue that storms are powerful. Are they not? Anybody sleep through Friday night? Uh, Tim, sweet man, I, I, I have that ability. Regardless of the storm, I have the ability to make it through. However, Friday night, I did not. How many people woke up a time or two? I mean, that was a wee bit crazy, a little bit stronger of a storm than what I'm used to. And to make matters a little bit more complicated, Andy's oldest turned six on Wednesday, last Wednesday. So my mom and dad came into town and we were going over to Andy's early Saturday morning. Was anybody out early Saturday morning? It was crazy. The only thing that got me going was that we were going to stop at the donut bank before we left town and get me a couple of those caramel macchiatos and I got some boy drinks for my dad and myself and a couple of those Danish and off we went. And I, I, I know I drove through some water. I shouldn't have. Just getting out of my neighborhood was a deal. I got out here... Before I made the turn on 57, I saw water where I had never seen it before, ever. And I saw water deeper than I'd ever seen it before. The Holiday Inn, those places, those parking lots underwater, cars surrounded by water, got here by the church, and behind the church there's a little run spillway thing, looked like a waterfall. And it looked like you could whitewater raft into, I call it Lake Christian, call it what you want to. It was deeper than I'd ever seen it. There were benches underwater on our property. I told Debbie, hey, if I can't make it to 64, we're going home or at least back to the donut bank, you know? But it was Eli's birthday, and I couldn't bear to g- call him up and say, Poppy's not coming because Poppy can do what? Anything. Got out to 64, we made it that far, went through some water that I, I had a lot of air in my tires. Get out to 64, and those who were going westbound were stopped in a couple of places because water was over the interstate. I mean, it was crazy. Coming back, all the water was gone. The water that I had driven through, the water that I had seen, just gone away. Storms come in all shapes and sizes, don't they? And we never know when they're going to come. We never know how how strong they're going to be. I am amazed at our modern-day weather forecasters. Jeff Lyons and the boys, they can predict things, can't they? They can tell us when it's going to come. They can tell us how long it's going to last. And sometimes they're actually right. Sometimes not so much. Storms, they come in all shapes and sizes. Got home yesterday yesterday evening and my TV did not work. Debbie came out, she said, hey Jerry, I can't get the TV to come on. I'm like, seriously, I'll be right there. I went in there, I pushed the buttons, the remotes, had three out, could not get it to come on. So I'm on the phone with, wow. And man, we unplugged and replugged and pushed and pulled. And they said, I think we need to come out and check the box out. We can have somebody there Wednesday." I'm like, seriously? It just came out. Seriously? You know how many ball games, how many times the Cardinals play between now and Wednesday? And I got no TV. I thought that was a storm. Would you agree? My wife, not so much. I mean, she was showing me no love this morning. I mean, my wife is, she she drinks water out of one of those Yeti cups. Is that how you say it? Yeti? She came in today and she was surfing while she was... Getting ready, and she said, "There's a bug in my cup. <laughs> storm or not storm, I didn't think it was that big a deal. A little more protein's not going to hurt you. Okay, I did not put it there. Okay, so relax. But you know, sometimes storms they come in all shapes and sizes. <sighs> Maybe your your baby girl, who is now a teenager." Tells you that she's pregnant. Storm? Maybe your doctor gives you news you don't want to hear. Maybe you get stopped for speeding. Maybe I had a friend here for a service, my friend John Mark Trout, who is burying his dad tomorrow. I have some of the family here my dear friend Betty. In fact, visitation for Jack Trout is today, 1 to 5 at Alexander West. And the service is tomorrow at the cemetery in the chapel, Alexander Cemetery at 2. Jack and I go way back, way back. And even though my heart aches, I know he's in a better place. However, the storm the storm has just begun. And you know we just don't know when those storms will come and how long they l- will last. There was a lady in Terre Haute, Indiana, who called the police because she had a skunk in her garage. Storm? I don't know. The policeman said, well, just put down some cracker crumbs and it'll probably eat its way out. She called back and said, now I have two skunks in my garage. Tommy Lasorda, great theologian. Okay, maybe not. He coached baseball for a lot of years. He said, I've found that it's not good to talk about my troubles. 80% of the people don't want to hear him." And the other 20%, they're glad I'm going through some stuff. And isn't that the way we kind of do life from time to time? I, I, I know that there are probably some here who are still trying to figure out this book and have some issues. Today what I would like to do is kind of measure, or not measure, but marry some teachings in this book with the thing we call psychology. John Drakeford, who's a Christian psychologist, and I think there's a huge difference between Christian counseling and, um, and non-Christian counseling, secular counseling. He says that at any given time, one out of every ten people going through a storm, a problem, a difficulty, a frustration. And if that is true, then... Around 40 people who have attended our services today, they're going through a tough time. And hopefully we can be the kind of church that understands how to help those who are going through tough times because we've been through them ourselves, have we not? And hopefully by the hand of God, we can understand our role in the whole scheme of things. I don't know if you know what the uh, albatross looks like? Never seen one, but they're a huge bird. They, they're they're kind of like a, a, a seagull on steroids. Kind of a big body. They, they have kind of webbed feet. Their wingspan can get as large as 11 feet. Huge bird. These animals spend about 18 months in the water. You see, they fly well when there is a storm, when there's wind currents, and they can soar so high, and they travel thousands of miles, and they're usually away from land, their nesting area, for around 18 months. Since they are gone so long, they have a tendency to be afraid to land on land. You see, they've landed on water for such a long time, and they kind of hit that water and just kind of... When it comes to real land, they struggle with that, and they also struggle with taking off when there's no real wind current. In fact, people call them goonie birds. And what I would like you to do today, I would like you to leave this place feeling like a goonie bird. They have the ability to soar during the storm. They look goofy, kind of looks like this. Come on, you can do it. Maybe not. Here's where it gets good. Who would have thought a marvelous animal like that would have problems just coming home? But they do have a tendency to crash and burn when they land on real land. But during a storm, that seems to be when they're in their niche. And a lot of times when we're in a storm, not so much our niche. Because of fear, because of other things, we begin to come unglued. And I would like to take you to Psalms chapter 46 today. Just 11 verses, and what I would like to do is bring that world of psychology and maybe that world of, of Scripture together to marry them, because I know if you aren't really um, walking through this book, I know psychology rings pretty close to most people, some not so much, but at least I think you can see how the two can come together. Three things I want us to do today. The first is, I want to answer the questions, why storms strike? from the world of psychology would like to answer the question why we need or or what we need to do uh, to weather the storms to survive as we study Revelation we know as a group that it's a bad time for those people it's going to get worse and in the end we win two questions that early church asked how long is this storm this difficulty, this problem going to last and don't we like to know that how long am I going to feel bad got a friend who's not here today, but he's suffering from some of this bronchial stuff I had. It took me two weeks to feel better. And you know, if the doctor could have said, hey man, you'll feel better in two weeks, I'd have felt a lot better then. You know, so if we just have those answers, how long is it going to last? And they ask when or if we're going to be able to come out okay. And those are two questions I think that we need to understand. We're also going to answer the question how we can benefit from the process. So let's get started here. Let me kind of bring you to the world of psychology. Uh, Why storms strike? And the first thing that I learned from these educated people is that some storms are self-induced. Which means they are caused by our own bad choices. Our own disobedience our own sin. God has given us the choice of freedom, has he not? The freedom to make choices. Years ago, I had a friend who smoked over two packs of cigarettes a day. And I don't know if that's a lot, but it sounded to me like a lot. 30 years later, when he was diagnosed with lung cancer, his response, Jerry, I'm a, I'm a good person. Why is God doing this to me? And you know what went through my head? Seriously? You're blaming God for this? Your choice to do this and here's where you are landed and now you're blaming God? Sometimes our storms are self-induced. Another cause of storms, we face the bad choices or the evil action of others. Don't have to go back too far, but I'm taking you back to 89, 1989. There was a man by the name of Patrick Purdy who walked into the school that he grew up in. He had an AK-47 assault rifle and he began just to spray bullets at the children in the school. Horrible story after just a few moments of terror and 107 bullets 30 children were wounded and five died. Sometimes we ask, why does God allow these, these things to happen? And if you really want to point your finger, it goes back to our ability to make either good or bad choices. And a lot of times our storms, our problems, our hurts are because of the bad choices that, that others make. Another cause of the storms we face is a result of a sin-corrupted world. Anybody here believe we don't live in a sin-corrupted world? I mean, it's a little bit out of control, wouldn't you say? Seems to be the norm anymore. And this goes back to Adam and Eve in the garden. Remember in Genesis? Don't eat the fruit of the tree. And we all know that she did it. And then when she went to her husband and he ate, and then God came and said, Adam... What happened here? And he said, and I quote, this woman, not my wife, not sweetheart, not honey bun, this woman that you gave me, gave me that fruit to eat. And we have a tendency to blame everybody but ourselves, don't we? But our world has been corrupt for a long time, and because of that, the Bible says that even nature itself was affected. And maybe that's the reason we have tornadoes and floods and tsunamis and earthquakes and droughts, and because of that sin, we have famine and disease and suffering and death. It goes to paint a pretty bad picture of someone who was living in a sin-corrupted place. So some of our storms self-induced, some because of the evil choices or desires Or actions of others, some because of a corrupted world, and there's one more thing, some storms, some difficulty, some hurts are caused by Satan. Believe it or not, Satan is alive and well, and he'll do anything he can to disrupt your life. Do you think Satan is really concerned about the non-believer? Do you think Satan is concerned about not the follower of Jesus? Do this, no. Why? Satan's got him already. His job is to drag as many people to hell as he possibly can. So his strategy is to attack the follower of Jesus, the believer, your families. When it comes to families, Satan's strategy is just to separate mom and dad. If he can't separate them, then he will do his best to separate mom and dad from the kids. My old man's stupid. You want to see what stupid means? Get a dictionary, turn to stupid, and my old man's there. Just blow up the parents from the kids. If that doesn't work, if that doesn't work, just neutralize dad. Because if you can neutralize dad nine times out of ten, you're going to get the kids. When dad's home from church on Sunday and maybe going to mow a little grass, catch a few fish— Sooner or later, little junior's going to say, hey, I want to stay home with daddy. He don't have to go to church. I want to catch a few fish and mow a little grass. Didn't say smoke a little grass, mow a little grass. It's a difference. And before long, you've taken them out of the picture. Some of my friends say, hey, you know what? I had a rough night last, last night, but I'm in church today. And you think, God, you think God will bless that? Does God not know all things? Do this. Yeah, he does. So if you're in church because of some guilt you're carrying or some, but because of some deed that you've done, don't think that pleases God. So we have to have an understanding of kind of who we are and where we're coming from. And a lot of times it's because of the way Satan orchestrates things. John 10.10 10 says Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He is called the father of what? Lies. So understand, that's your enemy, that's our enemy, and he's coming, coming after us. Storms are coming, and they come in all shapes and sizes. How can we weather the storms of life? This takes me to Psalms chapter 46, those 11 verses. David knew storms, he knew difficulty, he knew frustration, he knew heartache. And here's what he says when it comes to dealing with such things. God is our, or he would probably say, God is my refuge and strength. And he's an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give away. We won't be afraid. And the mountains fall into the heart of the sea... Through the waters, or though the waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells, referencing heaven here. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice and the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see the works of the Lord and the desolation He has brought on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and He shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is he is our fortress. When your world is caving in, David says, look to God no matter what what happens. He is our refuge, our strength, our fortress. The Hebrew word for refuge means a place of safety. Mekshe is the word. And it means a place of safety, a place where you will not be harmed. Saturday morning, my Ford Explorer was my she. <laughs> not a very good one. Even though Ford has built that car tough, it was a little scary going through places I probably shouldn't have gone, but I had my donut bank coffee and my Danish, and I was ready for war. When you ask a person who's been a Jesus follower for a long time. Are you with me? How many people have been Jesus followers here for five years? 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45. I'm stopping there. If I were to ask you people, When have you felt the closest to Jesus? I would bet the ranch here today that almost every one of you would say, I have felt the closest to my Lord and Savior when I was going through a storm. I mean, that's when we reconnected. That's when I poured my heart out to my God, and he took control of things and made things better. He may never take the storm away or the pain away, but he promises to help you through the storm, the pain. Why is it that little ones like to just grab our hands sometime? Why do they want us to pick them up? They want to feel safe. Too many church folk only have a head knowledge about God, their refuge. They sing about it. They pray about it. They read Bible verses about it. But when the storm hits, that's when they panic. And that's what we talked about last week. They just don't want to live that way. And they'll try anything and everything before turning to God. People who weather storms or who do battle with storms successfully draw their strength from three sources. And the first one is that their faith is real. And obviously, I know you have faith today or you wouldn't be here, but their faith has some foundation. When I was in children's church years ago, not teaching, but when I was a little one in children's church years ago, there was a song that we sang about the wise man and the foolish man. Remember the song? Wise man builds his house on what? The wise man builds his house on the, on the rock. Foolish man, yeah, 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 builds his house on the sand. When the storms come, when the rains come, and when the floods come up, the wise man's house will stand. The foolish man's house will, this is my favorite part of the song, And that's kind of the way it is today. Strong faith, weak faith. When the storms come, do you melt down? Do you panic? Do you shrivel? Or is God your refuge, your strength, your fortress? Real faith is built on the rock, and those who weather the storms also have friendships that are true. You know, that's why Sunday school connection is so important. Because you can build friendships. That's why I think small group, more important even than Sunday school, because you can build real friendships. And I know when my back's against the wall and things are going south, I'm calling my friends to help me, to pray with me, to get me through the thing. Ecclesiastes 4.10 says, if one falls down, his friends can help him up. But pity the man, almost sounds like, Mr. T, but pity the fool, pity the man, or pity the woman who has no friends. That's why we need true friendships. So when we fall, and we will fall, someone will be there to, to help us up. And I wonder if you are the kind of person that someone might call to help them up. Those who handle storms well are those who have a faith that's real, friendships that are true, and an unconquerable spirit. Our little Simon, we saw him yesterday. He's like 18 months old, I think. I don't know that for sure, but he's about this tall. His whole day was connected to a little toy, a boat, and a balloon that we tied to the boat. I don't care where he was, what he was doing, eating or running through the grass, he had the boat and a balloon. And everything was fine. If he fell down, didn't matter he had his boat and his balloon. If he was bleeding, didn't matter he had If you tried to take that boat and balloon away from him, we're talking a serious meltdown. And I think that comes not from our side of the family, but that woman that Annie married. But he has an unconquerable spirit. Man, he would run and play, and he doesn't sit still, he just goes crazy the whole time. He's never going to quit. Have you ever had a time in your life when you wanted to quit? I mean, it's your breaking point. Life is just too hard. It's too much to bear, so you're ready just to, just to call it quits. Spiritually speaking, you're ready to walk away from the church and from godly things because your life is hard. 1 Corinthians 10.13 tells us that we will never be tempted beyond what we can bear. And for the most part, when we're going through a tough time, that's when we're tempted to walk away. That's when we're tempted to quit. That's when we're tempted to surrender. And that's when we're tempted to do things we're not used to doing. One last thing How can we benefit from the storms of life? And James tells us in chapter 1, verses 2 through 4 consider it pure joy, my brothers whenever you face trials, storms, difficulties, frustrations of any kind, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, and perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature, complete, and lacking in nothing. So here we go. Here's the benefits. Number one, storms help us develop compassion. And they say that our country is suffering from compassion fatigue, That's what the psychologists say. People are tired of doing the right thing. They're tired of being good. They're tired of of showing um, weakness through encounters. And if we're ever going to make it through a storm, we need to have people help us during that time. For years here, I had a friend many years ago who suffered from breast cancer. She called and she told me the story and we prayed and she went through the process and once she had recovered and she did if I had another lady call and say hey Jerry I've just been diagnosed with breast cancer will you pray for me and I said I would but I would also call Helen and say Helen here's the deal I got this person over here this friend she's going through exactly what you went through you know exactly what she feels like you know exactly what she needs could you connect with her My friend did it every time. I had another friend by the name of Mary. She lost her husband. And we talked about that for a long time and we prayed many, many times. And I said, Mary, when you're ready, if I have another friend who ever calls me and says, hey, here's what's happened to me, could you speak with them? And my friend Mary did that many, many times. I would call, she would call, she would go. She had the ability to understand compassion and we need to understand that that's where God wants us to be. He wants us to be empathizers. 2 Corinthians 1, 4 says, God comforts all of us in our troubles, our problems, our storms, so that we can comfort those in trouble with the comfort that we ourselves receive from God. So that's hopefully a benefit. Storms also help us develop our develop deeper relationships with one another. And isn't that the way life works? If your hurts, if your brokenness is shared with someone, you have a tendency to draw closer to them in the moment. Storms also help us develop an inner strength. Storms also help us grow spiritually. 1 Peter 5.10 says, And the God of all grace who called you to this eternal glory in Christ, After you have suffered a little while, he himself will restore you, make you strong, help you stand firm and steadfast. I have no idea when your next storm will come. Probably around 40 people here today are going through a significant storm. It's bigger than having your rings cut off. Remember, just two weeks ago, my rings were gone and that was a big, big deal. Now they're back and they feel good. That just means I have fat fingers now. They said, how long you had those on? I said, about 40 years. Not a big deal. Hard question, when the storms come, how will you respond? Hard question, when the storms of life come, and they will, it's not a question of if, it's a question of when. When they come, how will you respond? Will they handle you or will you handle them? The fact is, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, to survive the storms of life, Jesus is the only answer. And you know, every Sunday we have a special time. And the takeaway for you today When you're going through a tough time, remember that Jesus still loves you. The same God that allowed his son to die on the cross for your sins still loves you and your family. And if you can do anything at all, maybe this would be a time when you would take that juice and that bread and you remember the sacrifice that Jesus played on your part. And maybe you can just pray to the Father God today that when storms come, you will look to him, to other good people, and surround yourself with a plan that is connected to God. When you hurt, he may not take the pain away, but he will help you through the hurt. Will you pray with-